This is the Leadership Table Podcast, bringing conversations around leadership in everyday life, and I'm your host, Jim Reese. Welcome. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. That'll help me keep growing. Now let's dive into new content for today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Brosif edition of the Leadership Podcast. We are live from Astoria, Oregon. Yeah. We have kissed Columbia goodbye. This is our first off-site podcast. So, and I've got three of my best buddies here, my college friends. I've got Aaron, Brandon, and Anthony, all three phenomenal leaders. So I wanted to take a little bit of time to interview them and see if they have some insight that they can give to the leadership table listeners. So first, a little bit about them. We'll start with Aaron and we'll go clockwise. Tell us in about 30 seconds who you are, what you do, how you lead in your field, all that good stuff. Maybe if you want to fit in your wife, your kids, whatever. Whatever you can fit in in 30 seconds, the mic is yours. Sounds great. Hey, I'm, I'm Aaron. Um, so back in the day, I was a uh, infantry captain in the Marine Corps, and that was really... Um, where I started to get some uh, practical leadership <laughs> guidance. <laughs> that was really where I started to get some practical leadership experience. Um, from there, I wanted to expand my career a bit. I uh, went to Indiana University to get my Master's of Business Administration and a Master's of Science in Business Analytics. Snaps for that. Oh, thank you for the snaps. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like Jim said, have a, a wife, a beautiful wife, and two awesome kids um, back in Austin, Texas. Um, and work right now, I'm a contributor on a team. I'm not currently leading a team, uh, but Jim, as I'm sure you've talked about, there's uh, leadership that happens on a daily basis, whether you're leading the team or whether you're uh, leading as a, as a contributor. Mm-hmm. So. And so correct me if I'm wrong, but they call you at Dell a market affiliate lead. Correct. So lead is in your literal title. That is true. Mm. That is true. Insight. All right. B. Randon. Hey, man. Thanks uh, for being here. Yeah, no, I love that. I love we're doing this together. It's good stuff. Uh, so, uh, Brandon, uh, I live in Dallas with uh, my wife and children. I teach Bible to high school students uh, at a Christian school in the Dallas area. Uh, I have a unique opportunity to be the teacher, but there are also um, different leader leadership positions in the school um, that I'm able to help lead and support, um, both working with some of my coworkers, some parents in the school, and even students stepping up and doing some leadership as well. Uh, so that's a pretty special opportunity. I'm also going through um, a doctorate program for my uh, education and leadership. Uh, so that is a really cool opportunity to be kind of working out, living out some things, being able to observe things, put things into action, but also being able to um, have some really wi- very wise um, individuals supporting me uh, as my professors in life right now. Nice. So is, aren't you the most passionate about like educational administration, like yes. leadership as it's, it pertains yeah. to running a school? It's tough because when you're, when you're in the moment with high school students and you're being able to kind of teach a, a way of uh, students being able to take ownership over their own learning, uh, in learning, in this case, in learning about scripture, uh, okay. about Jesus, 
and they're being able to learn about that, it's kind of hard to picture yourself outside of working with students. Yeah. Because when we talk to administrators and leaders, they say, hold on to that as long as you can, mm-hmm. uh, because it's the, it's the thing that administrators miss the most is being in the classroom. Okay. Uh, but I look forward, to, I really enjoy strategizing, um, kind of throwing out, creating a vision and really encouraging ownership. I love um, practicing and the idea of creating this sense of ownership among the community okay. um, and, and delegating that and letting people get fired up about that. Fired up? Fired up, man. I'm fired up to have you guys here. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Brandon. Next is Anthony, his little little big brother. That's right. Tell us about yourself. Well, uh, first, thanks for having me on here, Jim. And uh, yes, I'm the local uh, affiliate here today. I'm from Astoria, where we're recording. and You're the host. I guess I'll just take on the host. Yeah, you're host the host here. today. Jim, let me ask you a few questions. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I am in the entrepreneurship world a bit. I own a uh, f- a large uh, landscape maintenance company for our area, and we range between 20 to 30 employees. I've dabbled into other commercial real estate business as well, and uh, networked with a lot of local and um, national business owners as well, and I really enjoy that. And um, You're... Landscaping company is multi-state, correct? Correct. Yeah, we we go into Washington State, and we're in the Pacific Northwest and Oregon. Service two counties, Clatsop and Pacific. Nice. And as the host, as we're sitting here in your house, what's some good stuff coming up next month for you? I imagine you want to share something about your family. Oh yes, as it relates to the month of September. That's a good idea. So yeah, I am a husband and soon to be father. Uh, my child is due here at the end of September and I, we don't know if it's a boy or girl, we're gonna wait. It's gonna be like multi-layer Christmases this year. Nice. For sure, so um, that's where we're at there. So a lot of busy, crazy stuff happening uh, this fall and winter time. A lot of business changes and growth um, as well as family growth. Okay, cool. Yeah, I wanna get into that a little bit later. Business growth. Folks, for everybody listening, I just want you to know what an honor it is for me to have these guys here because I've often found myself in different situations where I take on the mental capacity of an Anthony or a Brandon or an Aaron in many different stages of my life and ask myself, what would they do? What kind of decisions would they make? What kind of thought processes would be important to them right now? So I consider them to be leaders. So I've got a few questions, and I want to ask this one specifically to Brandon mm. um, because this has a little bit to, a little bit more bearing on your specific field in education. But what has it been like leading during COVID? Uh, flexibility is crucial. If you're uh, not willing to be flexible, you're not going to be able to make it through this time period. I think regardless of any company or any person choosing to be flexible recognizing that mistakes will be will be made not if they'll be made Mm -hmm. Um, to choose to make this period of time a very intentional place to be willing to make mistakes Uh, because people right now are willing 
are more freed up to let you make mistakes. There's more. Yeah. Uh, what's what do you got? What is that emotional currency? Uh, there's some kind of current mm-hmm. when we're talking about with uh, the bank when you've credited your capital emotional capital, capital. Cap, emotional capital. Mm-hmm. right now there's more emotional capital I feel like going around people are more understanding when mistakes being made that could be in the restaurant business I mean it's oh yeah it can boil down all the restaurant we're more understanding when we go to a restaurant now right now that things are not the way they're gonna be and we understand why so we're giving more emotional I don't know if you'd say credit or towards that than we normally would in a non-COVID environment. And I think that applies all the way across the board from the way that parents sure. treat teachers and the way teachers treat parents. I've heard that um, for entrepreneurs and business leaders across the board, now is the time to try everything, to take your risks, because That's right. uh, there's never been a time quite like this where nobody's gonna blame you if you screw something up really bad during COVID everybody's going to be able to say, well, it was COVID, so I totally understand. So now's the time to take risk. And have you found that you have been surprised or disappointed with people, flexibility, adaptability? Because I, from, from a perspective of restaurant work and church work, I've been super impressed with how adaptable people are yeah, yeah. and how much... People can really take on and change, uh, given the restrictions and the limitations. Yes. Uh, we like to say on the Leadership Table podcast that limitation breeds innovation. Yeah. You think so? I do. I think people uh, feel that way. I think people are also, there's an element of people asking for extra grace in this time period too, mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of that. And it, I think it's given more freely. I agree. Uh, I yeah. agree. Along with those lines. I think that um, it kind of, these all tie together, but I was thinking for one thing I've been looking towards is being available and flexible with uh, the COVID-19 thing. So being available for people in a time that's uncertainty is huge for when you're a leader. Um, so that way they know there's some safe harbor in, in having a leader who is uh, there for them. And then flexibility, different opportunities are coming to so many businesses and having to pivot sometimes due to negativity, but also with some positive things that are happening because of COVID. Obviously we know there's certain businesses that are thriving due to the situation that we're in from COVID, but obviously a lot of businesses that are struggling. So being able and willing to change um, and kind of bob and weave a little bit is a huge attribute to business and leaders success right now, I'd say. Aaron, I want to ask you this question and feel free to say what you wanted to say and follow up towards the last question first and then dive into this question. What was the biggest learning curve for you leading people as opposed to leading yourself? And I'm asking that mostly based upon your time as a Marine, but even at Dell, can you speak into that a little bit? I think there's a misconception, and I can say there was a misconception with me that those things will just come naturally. Like it'll, it'll feel normal or something like that or, and, or you'll become better in some way once you take on a team. But the reality is that it's more like a magnifying glass effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the, the people that you're leading are in some way becoming mini versions of yourself. And so, except there's more of them. And so the end result of that is that your best qualities are going to be magnified Mm -hmm. in that team. 
And your worst quali qualities, well, guess what? They're also going to be magnified in that team. And so when I looked at, look back on, um, to kind of look at it from a negative view, when I looked uh, back to where there were areas that I didn't have enough discipline or whatever the case uh, in my own life, that came through in my guise. And where there were areas where I was stronger, um, and in terms of more uh, thinking strategically in those areas that I tend to um, excel a little bit more, I was able to kind of push that responsibility down. So um, it's it, it, it kind of has that, that magnifying glass effect, mm -hmm. I, I would say, is the biggest change when you go from um, leading yourself to leading other people. True or false? When you're delegating tasks, you're creating followers. But when you're delegating authority, you're creating leaders. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's true. That's good. That's really that's a good good summary. Yeah, a lot, we talk about decentralized command in the Marine Corps a lot, which means you basically take your authority and you push that down to a lower level, and you take that and we lean on what we think of as as um, commander's intent, hmm. which is basically what's the one thing that at the end of the day has to happen when we're going on uh, when we're doing this. Um, training exercise or whatever the case may be. What's the one thing that needs to be accomplished? And then the how is less important than mm -hmm. the end result because that uh, emphasizing the intent and the end state and the goal um, is more important because then it gives your, uh, your guys or, or your gals or your team um, the authority that they need to go out uh, and do that. And that becomes really relevant during times of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you know what your business end goal is, what's the one thing that we need to do, then it gives you the flexibility to shed all the other things, to get rid of these other meetings that maybe we don't need to have because we're trying to run as lean as possible. Uh, maybe we cut some of the services that we normally offer to customers, but at the end, end of it, we're still getting that main goal, that one thing, that true value as a business that we offer to our customers, everything becomes more and more focused and crystallized on that. That's good. My, my big takeaway from what you said is that phrase, decentralizing authority. I like that. Thank you. I'm going to use that on the podcast later, but I'll give you royalties. Go for it, man. Not, not original with me. We can uh, thank Uncle Sam for that one. Oh, really? Okay, maybe I'll leave it out then. Well, they probably stole, <laughs> they probably stole from someone else, okay. so it's all good. <laughs> all right, big man. Here we go. Anthony Smith, <laughs> what's the most valuable lesson you've learned recently about leadership? So we've had some staffing changes, uh, major staffing changes in a short amount of time, or um, a large client canceling or things like that. And there's always a silver lining I've been finding lately with that where pressure produces results. You know, it's that, that mm. whole logic behind a diamond, the, yeah. the most solid rock and, and most coveted gem some would say you know is is produced from the maximum amount of pressure and so mm -hmm. that's one thing that um, we've been experiencing in my business lately i think that to tie what you're saying in what aaron said kind of together is this idea that i think is original with john maxwell he's a leadership guru he's written 30 plus books but he says crisis doesn't make leaders it reveals what kind of leader you are and that piggybacks on what you were saying about leading yourself versus leading a team it's a little bit of a crisis moment there but in the best kind of way and it kind of reveals who you are and for you in times of difficulty and stress and pressure 
whether it's losing staff or major adjustments and major upgrades or just changing the way you do stuff, it's kind of revealing uh, who you are. Sometimes not who you, who you want to be, but those can be healthy. One thing, um, one thing I've been working on lately specifically more on a personal leadership standpoint is becoming replaceable. Mm. And so one thing I tell my staff, especially my leadership staff, or team members, I say, if you can't be replaced, you can't be promoted. And so I like my staff to be able to be able to move up in order for the company to become more successful. And the only way to do that is to have very clear guidelines and very clear systems and processes and a good, healthy communication within your team. True or false, when you're talking about... Um moments of pain and pressure. I've heard it referred to in leadership before as pain tolerance. And basically meaning the difference between where you are and where, you're, you, where you wanna be as a company is the amount of pain you're willing to endure. And that idea of being disciplined to understand that everything's a trade-off, pressure, pressurizing situation. Every day for a leader is a pressurizing situation. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to make those quick trade-off decisions about what's going to take your priority, what's going to uh, take your mental capacity, and what is going to have to either be left to the wayside or what you can choose to delegate down the line. All right, we're going to do a little rapid-fire round. I just want short, quick answers. Rapid-fire, and the question is, What's one leadership goal you have for yourself over the next year? Aaron, go. Uh, so one thing that I, I've found lately is uh, a lot of my leadership lessons are coming from parenting. Mm, um, that and, is so true. Yes. And one thing that I have observed is that I have difficulty in separating my emotion from um, what needs to be said, what needs to happen, and, and being uh, somewhat dispassionate um, about you know, coaching my kids and, and things like that, coaching in the broad sense, not in the sports sense. Um, and so just being able to have better control over my emotions, which uh, of course translates to their response to what I'm saying as well. Uh, removing that frustration from it, removing that uh, excitement from it and that sort of thing and being uh, just, yeah, more more dispassionate when that's the appropriate, uh, appropriate thing for that time. Brandon? Uh, a couple of years ago, actually a year ago, we started a kind of a new concept in our school with um, creating discipleship, or we call them life groups within our school, uh, for the purpose of every student being known uh, in an intentional way by some uh, by by a trusted adult in the school, and to have community in a way that's outside of academics. Uh, so that started last year, and then COVID hit. Mm -hmm which completely transforms education and it also completely transforms the way life group happens. Um, so in leading that and I was creating a system for this year to improve it, COVID hit. So my one of my leadership goals in the next year or two is to be able to respond to COVID and yet st still create um, really the benefits of life group and having some kind of community for students mm. who really need it right now, yeah. who are often in a depressive state yeah. right now and creating and encouraging relationships among themselves, students, and with, with staff, even if we are doing it remotely in some way. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. So we're working on kind of creating a sustainable model for this coming year for that. Good luck. Thanks, man. 
Anthony, what is one leadership goal you have for yourself over the next year? Go. The next year, uh, one phrase that I've kind of taken to heart recently that I don't know who said it first or what whatnot is, if you're working for a living, then why are you killing yourself working? Uh, one of the few things that I'll be working on in the next year is trying to have a balance, but also to enjoy what I do and to um, kind of try to live in the moment uh, still with, with goal setting. But uh, another thing is to trust trust your team more and empower them and let them fail. All right, last rapid fire question. We'll go in the same order. Oh, that's not fair. We'll go in opposite order. So I'm coming back to you. That's true. That's true. Let's make this fair. What's one leadership tool or lesson that you, if you could go back and tell a younger you, what would it be? One thing. To be okay with pausing to put yourself in another person's shoes before you respond. Ooh, snaps for that. Say that all again one more time. Uh, to be okay with this blank space or empty space to think about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, before and we then, respond. Yes, before we respond. And to be, and to, and to choose, you know, you have to make that choice to create that pause mm-hmm. before responding. Because an awkward pause is worth some of the regrettable responses you make when you don't put yourself in someone else's shoes. Truer words have never been spoken. I hope everybody heard that out there. All right, Anthony, are we coming back to you or do you want to jump to Aaron? I can, I think I thought of something. Uh, one thing is, uh, from a business perspective, you know, like just scalability. Something just went down my shirt. Uh-oh. Oh, uh, it was that black bug. There was a black <laughs> bug on the wall. There he is. He flew out. Oh, it's good. He's free. <laughs> he was on the wall. I mean, he said something. I saw him fly message. down from he the wall to his shoulder. He got <laughs> right up his oh, neck. It's uh, like I thought he was biting you. Yeah, it was It black. might have bit you. And he flew. Ah. Oh. He was on the wall. That was weird. <laughs> it was it like, flew away. Yeah, it yeah. flew from the wall. It's, it's right there. Right it's right there. Kill it! Oh, I missed. It's down below now. Okay. What was I saying? You were talking about scalability. Scalability. I think, if you, section. <laughs> I think if you had to wrap it all up in one, one word, it would probably be scalability. Yeah, just making sure that things are scalable scalable think think scalability now for the future because if you're doing a hundred things that you're doing now how can you do it just as smooth as you are if you're only doing one of those things mm-hmm. Aaron one thing for your younger self so I'm gonna it's gonna sound like I'm piggybacking off the end of his answer uh, now a little bit but I would say never never lose sight of the uh, kind of 10,000 foot view um, of what's going on uh, and what's happening. And that, that has some very practical outworkings, right? Mm-hmm. When you tell your team to do something, you know, give them the, the insight that you want and let them figure out how. Now, how they're going to do that may very well not be how you, you do that. Um, so I would say that that's the, the biggest thing. I tend to be, I, I think it's hard for um, certain personality types and for me it's kind of like a perfectionism type thing like i want everything to be right and that's not just not realistic right yeah so let the details go a little bit Mm -hmm. it's fine it'll work out yeah the leadership pros say if somebody can do something 70 percent as well as you can then they ought to be doing it which takes a lot of trust but once you get over that barrier of delegation and you let it rip there's so much more freedom mentally, 
and within your schedule. I got one thing. So since this is the leadership table mm-hmm. and you view us all as leaders, uh, what is one piece of advice you would give to us, maybe collectively, if it makes it easier, since you are in this world often from a scholastic or knowledgeable leadership standpoint? Um, Ooh. Ooh, well, for Jim. F- first of all, I'm not a professional. I'm not a leadership guru. Uh, the whole point of why I named this the leadership table is that I wanted to learn with people together. But ironically, I think we all are in similar life stages, life situations. We're all in one way or another uh, responsible for people uh, underneath of us, around us. And so I would say, um, especially in our stage, I think we begin to have a little bit more pause and hesitation as it uh, as it pertains to risks in our life. Because we're responsible for a family, we're responsible for income, we have to put food on the table, we're responsible for 30 or some odd people in their tables and their incomes. And I think if we're not careful, we begin to play it safe. But I think what's made us stand out in the first place is that we are willing to take risks. So I would just challenge, encourage all of us to continue to, if there's, if there's a passion that you know is on your heart that you didn't put there just by yourself, that it's either a God-given passion or, um, well, really, it would have to be a God-given passion. Like, you got to go for it. Um, I've heard it said, and this resounds with me so much, the wealthiest place in the entire world is the graveyard because there lie the dreams and aspirations, the patents, the ingenious ideas that were never realized because people never made the first move. And so I don't want to pass from this life having not uh, done everything that God's put on my heart. And so if that means stepping out and doing a podcast, even though you really don't know what you're doing a whole lot then then you do it and let the chips fall where they may and learn as you go so i would say uh does that make sense it makes good sense oh yeah all right feel inspired yeah oh yeah yeah you should be inspired all right i think that's a wrap so Time for some frisbee golf. It is time for this, some frisbee golf. It is time for some frisbee golf. Disc golf. Disc golf. Let's let's Amateurs. get our outro in here really quick. Jim, before you wrap this up, just everybody say, together. Yep, go ahead. Jim, before you wrap this up, just want to say thank you for having us on your podcast. It's an honor that you think of us as quality enough leaders to, uh, to have us on your on your podcast. I do yeah, appreciate yeah. it, and I love to see that you're um, chasing this this des- this desire and this dream, and, and putting together a good quality resource that other people can learn from, learn great things, and I think it's fantastic what you're doing here. So, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for having Thanks, us man. Thanks for, Thanks for all being here. Life happens. You're either going to be a reactive loser or a proactive leader. The difference is what you do next. You can change your life in five minutes. Thanks, guys. It's been real. Let's go play some disc golf. Disc golf. We'll catch you later. See you at the table. Adios. Bye,